The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. A Richmond judge has dismissed part of a lawsuit filed by Monument Avenue residents challenging the governor's plan to take down the Robert E. Lee Monument, but the case will still go to trial in October. Judge Marchant dismissed two of the plaintiffs for lack of standing, including the lead plaintiff, Helen Marie Taylor. A statement from a spokesperson for Attorney General Mark Herring says Herring remains committed to ensuring, quote, the divisive and antiquated relic of a bygone era is removed as quickly as possible. More than a dozen lawsuits have challenged Governor Ralph Northam's executive orders meant to slow the spread of COVID-19. As Whitney Evans reports, the state has so far successfully defended the restrictions in at least 15 cases. On Monday, the state's Supreme Court dismissed a complaint filed by both the owners of a Fredericksburg restaurant and a Loudoun County vineyard who say they have struggled to remain operational during the pandemic. Democratic State Senator Chap Peterson, who's also an attorney, is representing the pair. The lawsuit says the governor's orders are unconstitutional and exceed his executive authority. But Attorney General Mark Herring says they are legal and have proven effective. When these safety measures are rolled back too soon or when courts strike them down as they have in some other states, we've seen the virus come roaring back. Last month, a federal judge refused to temporarily block Northam's executive orders in a separate case involving the Loudoun County Vineyard. Whitney Evans, VPM News. A Republican state senator has tested positive for COVID-19. Senator Bryce Reeves says he got tested Monday after experiencing mild cold symptoms. In a Facebook post, Reeves says he's now quarantining himself. The state Senate is meeting in person at the Science Museum of Virginia during the special session, while the House of Delegates is now meeting virtually. The University of Virginia is helping to eliminate shortages in COVID-19 testing with nasal swabs designed at the university. The swabs were designed as part of an effort to provide needed medical supplies. UVA will be providing 60,000 swabs weekly to the Commonwealth to increase the availability of high-priority testing. The team at UVA designed a 3D-printed prototype before switching to injection-molded plastic that was tested for safety and effectiveness. UVA is now working with private companies to manufacture and package the swabs for use. New data from the Virginia Department of Elections shows that requests for mail-in ballots are skyrocketing. Patrick Larson has more. The number of ballots requested in the Commonwealth has already exceeded the total for 2016's general election by almost two times. The data, assembled by the Virginia Public Access Project, confirms anticipation among officials that mail-in ballots would be popular due to the coronavirus. With almost half a million ballots already requested and the deadline for applications almost two months away, elections officials plan to use federal CARES Act funding to support localities. In a June press release, officials said the money will go to local election offices to fund PPE purchases, increased mail costs, and staffing. Patrick Larson, VPM News. A recent study by Americans for the Arts found that two-thirds of all artists have lost income during the pandemic. Governor Ralph Northam announced Tuesday $5,000 grants to aid struggling artists. Roberta Roldan has more. More than 350 people applied for the Virginia Artist Relief Fellowship Program, but only 40 were selected. The fellowship winners include artists from across the state. Speaking at an award ceremony, Governor Northam acknowledged that everyone is struggling right now, but says artists are helping Virginians to get through it. For you to be able to continue uh, your work and to allow us to deal with our stresses and the anxiety, uh, there's no more important time for the arts and, and music. 
Local award winners include muralist Hamilton Glass and painter S. Ross Brown. The award money came from the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts' endowment. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. The Chesterfield Board of Supervisors is meeting today to discuss how to distribute over $50 million in federal CARES Act funding. Ian Stewart has a look at some of the options the county is considering. Part of the federal funds could go to easing the cost the school district is facing to help students learn virtually, such as converting closed libraries into distant learning centers. But the biggest chunk of funds, over $11 million, could be used to improve HVAC systems across the school district. Last year, several schools' HVAC systems tested positive for Legionella bacteria, and the district was called out in an internal audit for not prioritizing preventative maintenance. In addition, the CDC has called for schools to upgrade those systems if possible. Tonight's meeting starts at 6 in the public meeting room, and though people are invited to speak in person, health guidelines due to COVID-19 will be in place. The meeting will be streamed on the county's website and YouTube channel. Ian Stewart, VPM News. Woodland Cemetery, a historic African-American burial ground and the final resting place of Richmond native Arthur Ashe, has recently come under new ownership. As Jacob Cordes reports, volunteers hope to restore the overgrown grounds and turn the area into an historical resource. Walking past a pile of brush by the side of a narrow asphalt track, Kathleen Harrell stops to point out a group of headstones set back only a few feet from the road. This is a section that we've been working on since last August. And if you can imagine nothing but a wall of brush... Like, you couldn't see that large stone at all. Harold is a teacher in Enrico County who's been volunteering at Woodland Cemetery for over a year. She got involved after visiting the site where tennis legend Arthur Ashe is buried. His grave was, was nicely kept, but then I turned around and saw the rest of the cemetery, and I knew that I just needed to come back and do something. One of the biggest challenges facing restoration efforts at Woodland is the amount of work needed just to maintain already cleared plots. There are a lot of weeds that sort of become more like trees if you let them go, and that doesn't take long at all, maybe just a couple months. Woodland, along with the neighboring East End and Evergreen, opened before perpetual care arrangements were required for cemeteries meaning that the families of the deceased were responsible for upkeep. Dr. Ryan Smith, a professor of history at VCU, says the cemeteries were originally well cared for by a community board, but money troubles and a series of sales led to a decline after the Second World War. Some of them did charge, uh, including Woodland Cemetery, did charge annual care fees for families that couldn't perhaps care for their own plots. But for the most part, they did not have a lot of money in the bank that would provide the kind of resources and income to take care of plots that families themselves um, couldn't. Marvin Harris graduated from Maggie L. Walker High School, and he says his involvement started with a service project planned during his 50th high school reunion. We decided that uh, we wanted to get involved with a community project, and one of the ones that came to mind was the restoring the Evergreen Cemetery, which Maggie Walker's interred at. Harris originally intended to raise money to purchase Evergreen Cemetery, but he says at the time his foundation, the Evergreen Restoration Fund, was too new to receive state support. Instead, the Enrichment Foundation purchased Evergreen, and Harris and the other volunteers turned their attention to Woodland, which was originally set to be purchased by a local pastor. So he put his bid in, 
and they were going to allow him to purchase it in between. But uh, he couldn't come up with the funding. So the opportunity came back, and I considered that to be a godsend. The new restoration efforts are seen by some, like Smith, as part of a wider transformation in attitudes towards black history. We see the changing landscape all around us. We see Monument Avenue changing before our eyes. And we've seen that with the cemeteries, too, with a lot of these places being reclaimed and recovered that had been uh, full of overgrowth and overlooked by the city and by a lot of the white residents. Harris envisions the cemetery benefiting not only the families of those interred there, but also serving as a historical resource for generations to come. I think the biggest thing is making sure that the community understand what we're trying to do, provide a little history base, especially for the the school-age kids. When they come out, we'll be able to bring them in to the community center. Now that funding to purchase woodland is secured, Harris says the real work of restoring the grounds can begin in earnest. Jacob Cordes, VPM News. All the stories you've heard can be found online at vpm.org news. This has been the Daily VPM Newscast. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPM podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> 